prayer and fasting. The benefits of prayer and fasting. But before I do that, I want to talk about just a scripture on prayer. It's not a prayer sermon. But I want to say something about prayer because it's so important for us as believers to pray. In Luke chapter 9, verse 28 and 29, it says, Now it came to pass, about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. Jesus, the Son of God, took time out to pray. You wonder what need would Jesus have? Why would Jesus pray, the Son of God? But he took time out to pray. And you can see that even Jesus, who took time out to pray, as he was praying and communing with God, the Bible tells us that his face changed. His appearance was transfigured. That is what prayer does for us as well. Prayer changes you. Prayer transfigures you. And let me tell you, until we change, the manifestation God is going to do in us will not, be, will not stay. Until you are ready, God will get you ready through prayer to handle what he wants to give to you. I'm going to give an example. If you are someone who is in debt... And you've not taken that thing to the Lord in prayer and said, okay, God, show me how I need to manage my finances. Brother C earns less than I do, but he's able to make all his, meet all his needs and he's not maxing out his credit card. And you take it to the Lord in prayer and God in prayer changes you and changes your spending habits. When God now blesses you financially, you are now able, you have the capacity now. To handle the finances is going to bless you with. But if through prayer you've not taken that thing to the Lord and allowed him to transform and transfigure you and change you. When the finances come, you're not going to be able to handle it. And it will end up again being in debt. So that's what I mean by the fact that prayer is the key. You can, excuse me, you can fast, but if you don't pray... Really, you are not, you won't get the benefits. Before prayer will change your wife, it has to change you first. If you're praying that God change my wife, change my husband, change my boss, change this, change that, when you stay in God and stay consistent on your prayer altar, it will change you before it will actually change who you are praying to the Lord to change. Amen? I just wanted to bring that in about the importance of prayer. Now, back to fasting. There are three, three spiritual disciplines that Jesus mentioned in the scriptures and said we must do, commanded us to do. And when he talked about these three uh, disciplines, he did not tell us if. He said when. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, Jesus said, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. He didn't say that if you give. 
He says when. So he's expecting every one of us to be a giver. To always extend what you have, what God has blessed you with. To be a conduit for the blessings of the Lord. God blesses us for us to be blessed. God gives to us for us to give out as well. God showed that to us himself. He, the Bible says he so loved that he gave. As a Christian, God expects us to be givers. And then in Matthew, the same chapter, verse 5, he says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. What he's saying here, I'm going to just stop. He says, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray. One of the sermons I did about the beginning of last year or so, we looked at the prayer life of Jesus. Jesus spent so much time in prayer. So much time in prayer. And like I said, this is the Son of God. He spent so much time in prayer. And I was asking God, I said, why? He didn't have any needs. Why would Jesus pray so much? And then he occurred to me, I said, God, the Holy Spirit whispered and said, you know, he was so used to the communion from eternity. It's always been the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three gods, three, uh, one God, but three persons. And there's all, you've never heard the Holy Spirit fighting with Jesus. You've never heard, heard Jesus, it read about Jesus and the Father not being in agreement. They were always in communion, in agreement. What the Father says, the Son does. The Holy Spirit brings Jesus out, lifts Jesus up. The Holy Spirit empowers Jesus, leads him into the wilderness. There's always this communion and unity between them. So when he came as a man, that need for him to still be in that communion with God was still there. So that was one of the reasons that Jesus prayed so much. Because he desired that relationship, that communion with the Father and with the Holy Spirit to continue. And guess what? We came out of that. We were created in the image and likeness of God. And so we also need to have that communion with God. Without that communion with God, you can't commune with people as well. If you don't have a good relationship with God as a Christian in your prayer life, it affects everything. It affects your marriage. It affects your spending habits. It affects your relationships. It affects everything that you do. Because when you commune with God on a regular basis, you begin to understand the heartbeat of God. You begin to understand how God behaves, how God does things, and it begins to change you. The transfiguration and the change and the transformation comes when you spend time communing with him in prayer. That is why Jesus prayed a lot. Our prayer sometimes is not just to bring our lips to him and say, here, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me. Sometimes, and most times, it should just be, Lord, I just want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to feel you. I want to experience you in a deep way. I want to know you. I want to know you more. Paul said, he said that I may know him. That I may know him, Paul, with all the revelation. All he wanted was to know him. And how do you know him? You know him only in three ways you can know the Lord. In prayer, in worship, and in the word. Period. So he says when you pray, not if you pray. A Christian who doesn't have a strong prayer altar, please, please hear me. If you don't have a strong prayer altar this year, Whatever it takes, 
have a strong prayer altar. Whatever steals your time from the Lord steals your destiny. Listen to me. Video games, movies, social media, if that's what's stealing your time from the Lord, those things that they are worse than somebody who does evil to you because they are stealing your destiny. If you don't commune with the Lord, you won't hear Him, you won't follow His directions, and you will not do what He created you to do. He says, when you pray. And then in verse 16, He says, when you fast. Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get. Two things here. When you fast, which means again he's expecting us to fast. But he tells us there is a reward you will get. Because he said that is the only reward that people say, oh, they are fasting, they look miserable, they look disheveled. He says that's the only reward. Which means there were other rewards they would have gotten if they didn't do what they were doing. So God is saying there are rewards for fasting. And that's why I'm encouraging everybody, make it and live a fasted life. Don't let, I mean, a Christian, any Christian you see, who is really being used of the Lord, they have a fasting schedule. Some people will fast a day every month. Some people will fast a day every week. You choose what works for you. This church, we do it as a corporate body every Monday. Every week we fast. Every Monday we fast in this church. Join that. Just miss a meal. Don't eat till noon. Don't eat till three. Says when you fast. These are the days for us to fast. Mark chapter 2 verses 18 to 20. I talked about this a little bit earlier. The disciples of John and, and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. So Jesus said, this is from the mouth of Jesus. He says when the bridegroom is taken away and we know he's not here physically. He says those are the days we are to fast. So there is combined power in prayer and fasting. I have experienced it so many times in my life. I know that for one, before I got married, like you, most of you know my story, I, I talked with my husband on the phone. We were friends on the phone, did Bible studies together on the phone, never met each other, never knew what each other looked like. On the phone, somebody just introduced us. And I found out he was a godly man and we just started, you know, just hit it off and we'd do Bible studies and just every, almost every week we spent close to four or five hours on the phone. And then after 18 months, it finally done to us, you know what, maybe we need to, maybe we need to meet, you know. And he was here in the U.S. I was back then in Nigeria. And when he was coming, I said, well, maybe, 
this could be the person God, you know, wants me to marry. I'm not sure. I don't, you know. So I said I will go on a fast. So I went on a three-day fast. Didn't eat anything, didn't drink anything for three days. And I said, God, I want to make, I want you to make it clear if this is the person you, you, you've aligned me with. And I had a dream on the third day, the last day of the, uh, of the fast. I had a dream, and I, by this time we had finally exchanged pictures, knew what we looked like. And in that dream, good luck was playing guitar. And I was like, we, for some reason, all the time we were talking, we never really asked each other about music or stuff like that. It was always Bible scriptures. So I was like, hmm. So I said, okay. And somehow I knew in my spirit that was going to be a confirmation for me as to if this is the person or not. And would you believe it? At the airport, when he walked out, he had a guitar on his shoulder. And that was it. That was just it for me. Less than two days later, he proposed, and I said, yes. So there are things that when you fast and pray, and I, when I talk about the benefits, there are some things you need clar- clarification on. You need God to move, and you need it right now. Esther did it. It was like, we need you right now. And if you spend time, I promise you, God will answer you. And God will make it so clear, you will not be in doubt anymore as to what God wants you to do. I will come to that. So there is power in fasting. There is power in fasting and praying. Jesus himself said, there are some things that will not come out of your life if you don't fast and pray. And most of us sometimes now, maybe, you know, some of us here, you have this particular issue, this problem. That you feel like you're just stuck in this thing. It's been there. You've done everything you know. Why don't you try this fasting period? Try and fast and pray for that one thing and see what God will do. We saw this happen with Jesus. Jesus, when he went up, when he was transfigured, when he went up with Peter, James, and John in the scripture I just read earlier, when he came down, the disciples that didn't go with him, some man brought the son who had epilepsy for Jesus, uh, for the disciples to heal. And they tried and they did everything they knew how to do. And the boy was not healed. And you know what? They started arguing with the Pharisees. And Jesus came down from the mountain with Peter, James, and John. After going through transfiguration in prayer, he came down. And he met his disciples arguing with the Pharisees <laughs> instead of consoling the boy's, the boy's father and trying, you know, keep trying. And that's when Jesus, when they went to Jesus, Jesus, of course, called the man, the, the father of the boy, brought his faith back up. Do you believe I can do this? The man said, yes, I do. Help my own belief. And Jesus healed the boy. And when Jesus healed the boy, the apostles went back to him and they said, Jesus, why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we get this boy free from this epilepsy? That's when Jesus told them in Matthew 17 verse 21. He says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What is your this kind? We all have a this kind <laughs> in our life. What is that thing that is, is this kind that you need to make it go away through prayer and fasting? 
Could it be habits that you're trying to beat? You're saying, God, I, I just have this habit. Maybe it's not a sin. But it's a habit that you know is not making you grow closer to God. Could it be issues you have in relationships? There's this person that you've not talked to for years. This thing has just, it's become, it's, that thing has become a God in your life. You wake up thinking of that person or that thing. You go to bed at night thinking of, that is the, that's this kind. Could it be anxiety or depression you've been dealing with? Health issues. The Bible clearly says it in Isaiah 58. If you fast, it says your health will spring forth easily. What is it that depression, anxiety, stress? You know what? Gemini alluded to it this morning here, which is the difference, I mean, where we you know from Nigeria when as a believer we don't have too many options. You know, like now if I have a headache, the first thing I'm going to think of is go to Walgreens and get some Tylenol. We don't have those luxuries. And so when you have something going on with you, the first person you go to is God. Because without him healing you, without him touching you, that's it. That's it. You don't have an alternative. And I think sometimes that is to our own detriment that we look to other sources before we look to God. If you have a problem going on in your family, spend time fasting and praying before you call the, the counselor and go for therapy. Therapy is good. Medicine is good. If not for medicine or therapy, most of us won't be here today. But before you do that, why don't go to, go to God first? Have it in your mind as, as a believer, the first option I have is to go to the Lord in prayer and in fasting when I have a situation that is overwhelming that I can't handle. Let's have that kind of a lifestyle. Because that kind that Jesus is talking about, we all have it. Most of us have stuff that we need God to move. Spend time fasting and say, Lord, I'm going to spend the next three days. I will only drink water. And again, like I said, you are not doing that to move the hand of God. You are just move, doing that for your own self to be aligned to the power of God. Amen? Jesus is our example when it comes to fasting. The Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, and then 14 he says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And he says, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Again, Jesus had to fast. He was full, the Bible says he was full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean you don't fast. It was even the Holy Spirit that he was full of that led him into the wilderness to fast. So, part of a spirit-filled, a spirit-filled believer, you should also have times that the Holy Spirit will lead you and say, okay, this time, again, it comes to the relationship we have with the Lord. 
To have that kind of relationship, like I say, it's been my prayer. God, open our eyes at the Ark Fellowship. Let us have eyes that can see. Let us have ears that can hear. Give us a heart that can understand the things of God. Because when you are able to hear the Holy Spirit, when He leads you to a time of fasting and separation, you will, you'll be surprised at the, the amazing things that will happen. The Bible said it here that Jesus was led by the Spirit. And he ate nothing. And when the time had ended, the Bible says he was hungry. When you're fasting, you're supposed to be hungry. That's the whole idea. You're supposed to be hungry. That is the time that your spirit man, your, when your body is hungry, your spirit man is, is fed. Your spirit man is empowered. Like I said, food is good, but food can cost us a lot. If, if you can't put food down for a time to separate yourself, it can cheat you. The whole of creation was led into where we are led into because a woman in the Garden of Eden decided to eat what she wasn't supposed to eat. Food. Today we said the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you know what it would have been? Who knows what it would have been? would have been the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Esau was the firstborn. That's what it would have been. Why did Esau lose his birthright? And why did Jacob take it? Because of a pot of soup. Because of food. Food is good, but food can cheat you out of your destiny. You have to let food know that the, food doesn't, the flesh doesn't control you. When those hunger pangs come and you feel like you're about to faint, cry if you have to cry, but don't pick up that food. Jesus says here, Jesus was hungry. And the enemy came again to try and test him because it was the same test that made the first Adam fall, fall, the test of food. That was the same test, the first test that the enemy came to Jesus. Ah, I know you're hungry. Sell your destiny. Sell your purpose. Turn these stones to bread. How many of us? I'm guilty. I'm not going to tell you all. I'm, I'm faster sometimes. I get so hungry. I'm like, God, let me eat some peanuts, you know, and forgive me. So I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to just, I'm not here trying to make you all think. I'm, but I'm just saying these are things we need to think about when we're fasting. Food is good, but please, when you're separating yourself, when you make up your mind on what to do, stick with it. Be disciplined with it. Amen? But then verse 14, look at this. Verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Nothing was said about power the first time the Holy Spirit was mentioned. When it said the Spirit led him. Was the Spirit not powerful at that time? Yes, it was. But the fasting... And the separation and the prayer added a dimension to the spirit that he already had. And that was the dimension of power. And that's what will happen when we fast. Dimension of power is added to the Holy Spirit that you have. You begin to operate in power. And the Bible says the power of the Holy Spirit that was with him was such that news of him went out all through the surrounding regions. Just because this Jesus, our Jesus, fasted and prayed. So you see some of the benefits of fasting, the power 
that it brings into your life. Amen? Power, it brings that into your life. Let's look at other benefits quickly. In Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3, when you need to minister to God, fasting is actually ministry to God. In Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. So two things there. You see the first thing is in their fast, they saw that as ministry unto God. We always want God to minister to us. God, minister, do this, and minister, do this for me. But when you fast, you actually, that's your ministry to God. You are ministering to Him. And when they did that in fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke and gave them instructions on what to do. So one of the biggest benefits of, benefits of fasting is that it opens you up to hear again the Holy Spirit to receive instructions. So when you need clarity, when you need to know what to do, when you're not sure, should I go right, should I go left, what should I do? Fast, and God will give you direction. He will give you instructions, clear instructions. I've often said here that God spoke to me as I was asking him for help in church here. I tell what He says, I will make whatever decisions you take, I will make it as clear as water. And I have said that over and over and over here. No decision I make here as a pastor, I don't travel on my face before the Lord. And when he brings the instructions, believe me, it's as clear as water. I don't go in not sure. When I make the decisions, I know exactly that's what he wants. And that's the whole idea. That's, in fact, that's where that praying and fasting every Monday started. Because I was doing that on my own right after I was made pastor. And when I saw the benefits it was given... I said, God said, make it a whole church thing. Everything we do here, the pastors will tell you, not only are we in complete unity in one accord, but we all, sometimes God is giving me instructions about something. He's giving Pastor, uh, me, he's giving Pastor Mike the same instructions. Shelly will call me or Pastor Al or some of these other pastors will call. It's like we were together talking. God has done it in such a way that he's it's like bonded us together so strongly. It's almost like we are talking with the same voice. And that's made things so clear as water as to the direction the church should take. That's why I'm saying if you need directions, clarity, make it, live a fasted life and let God show you. Amen? Another thing that benefit from fasting is for our personal safety and protection. In Ezra chapter 8 verses 21 to 23, Ezra the prophet, let me lay a little bit of background to this uh, before I read the scriptures. They had been taken as slaves by King Artaxerxes into Babylon. And at this time, the king was releasing them to go back to Jerusalem. And all the things that they took from the temple, all the gold and all the, all the stuff they were giving, they gave it back to the children of Israel. And Ezra was the leader the prophet that was leading the children of Israel at this time. 
when the king was about to release them, he said, you know what? Some of these things you have, there are a lot of good stuff. And the journey that you're taking is very hazardous. Because there are people on the way, there are robbers on the way that will want to rob you. And he had boasted to the king and said, oh, our God is able to keep us safe. We don't need any armies of flesh. But then the day came when they were to go back and when everybody showed up with all the goods that the king gave back to them, his heart was shaken. And then that's where I pick up the story here in Ezra chapter 8 verse 21 to 23. It says, then I proclaimed the fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road because we have spoken to the king saying, the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated God for this. And the Bible said, and God answered our prayer. They wanted protection from the Lord. Before you travel, before you make a, a trip, just miss a meal and say, Lord, I won't eat breakfast today because I'm traveling, going on a plane flight, I'm going, you know, on the sea, or I'm traveling this long distance, traveling. Make it a habit. These are the things that we, we don't think about it, but when you see it in the Bible, how they, they live their lives, you say, wow, as a Christian, as a believer, I'm supposed to do this. It makes God, you're almost like you're telling God that he owns you in everything. That you live your whole life, your being for him. And so if you're going to take a trip, if you're going to long, take, just miss a meal and use that. This is a good prayer to pray when you do that. Amen. So for safety and protection, you can also fast. Now to overturn God's judgment, we also fast. That's another benefit of fasting. In Jonah chapter 3, verses 4 to 5, and then 9 to 10. God, if you remember Jonah, everybody remembers Jonah who was swallowed by the fish. The reason he was swallowed by the fish was he was running away from God, sending him to Nineveh to go warn the people of God's judgment. But eventually he got back to his senses and he went to what God told him to do. And the Bible says in verse 4 of Jonah chapter 3, And Jonah began to enter in the city, on the first day's walk, he walked through the city and then he was crying out and saying, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And one of the things they were saying was, Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? It says, then God saw their works that they had turned from their evil ways and God relented from the disaster that he had said would bring upon them and he did not do it. When I was reading this, what came to me is a lot of us here, we have some that have children that are not serving God and you know your kids are not doing the right thing. Spend a day, a month fasting for that child. That God will have mercy on that child. That whatever they may have done to the Lord, whatever sin they are committing out there, because the Bible is clear, the wages of sin is death. 
if they are not living for the Lord and they are doing things, they've completely come, on, uh, come out from under the umbrella of the Lord. Paradventure, your one day month of fasting for that child takes the hand of judgment from, uh, from, from them. That's what came to me when I was reading this scripture. You can fast for your child, or if you know that you've done something yourself, that you say, okay, no, Lord, this is wicked that I did. You can fast and say, Lord, just like they did, proclaim a fast one day and say, Lord, please, let your judgment, let your mercy triumph over judgment in this case. This child, God, I know they are not living for you. They must be doing things out there that is not pleasing to you. God, would you let your mercy triumph over judgment and stay your hand of judgment from them? Those are things we need to think about. Another thing, I don't have too much time. Another thing is victory over our enemies. As we all know, as you're sitting here looking at me, I tell you, the enemy is planning, the, the devil is planning on how to bring you down. The fact that you know the Lord is a war that you didn't sign for, but you are in it. The very minute you gave your heart to Jesus, all the forces of hell want to prove to Jesus that you will not make it. All the forces of hell are against you to make sure you don't make anything out of your life. And so, if you go on a fast, the Bible says that God will always give you victory. We see that in the, in the case of King Jehoshaphat. This was a king, one of the kings in Israel, that turned everybody's heart towards God. Served the Lord, and one of the kings that you can see really had a heart to restore God back to his, his rightful place in the, in, the, in, in the kingdom. And then you see what happened to him in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Verses 2 to 4. Then some came. By this time the Ammonites got some other uh, nations. And they all ganged together to come against Israel. And then they came and told Jehoshaphat saying, A great multitude. A great multitude. When the enemy is coming against you, believe me, he never comes alone. He comes with multitude of demons. Look at the man. One man had a legion of demons in him. One, one man. One man had legions. The enemy doesn't play fair. He said, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hezon, Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. But what did he do? Out of his fear, his fear drove him to the Lord. Out of his fear, he set himself, the Bible says, to seek and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. We don't have the strength to fight the enemy without God. We cannot do it without his help. And so when you're having things come against you, when you're having things come against your family, against your children, take out time and fast. Take out time and pray. Sometimes, I mean, we, we are very quick. Again, that's what I'm saying. We need to first of all have it in our minds that our first part of call must always be God. You can call your friends and let them pray with you. Yeah. But you must make sure you're also praying for yourself. You must make sure you're fasting too for yourself. People can do, we can only do so much. You have to make sure that you are with God. The relationship with him is this tight. 
You say, okay, this enemy coming against me, this thing coming against my family, this thing coming against my children, this thing coming against me, God, I'm going to set these days aside to fast and pray. You do it and you are going to see how God is going to move. In this case, God told him, God gave instructions. Like again, I said, it's so important that we hear God and we seek God because the instructions God gave him to defeat the enemy was not what any human being, it, it didn't make sense. Who goes to who goes to war with praise, praise and worship leaders in the front? That's what God told them to do. He said, send the praisers in front of the army. If Jehoshaphat did not have ears that can hear, or he did not have eyes that can see, or did not have a heart to know that the ways of God are not the ways of man, that his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. He obeyed the Lord, and when they were singing and praising, the Bible says God sent an ambush against the enemy, and they turned and they started fighting themselves. You don't have to pick up the phone and answer that person. You don't have to respond to that person. Go on a fast and let God give you instructions. Well, you know, sometimes the knee-jerk reaction is to, is to go by the flesh. And any time you do that, you go by the flesh, God's hands are like this. Because God cannot walk where there is flesh walking at, at all. For victory over enemies. If you have troubles that have overwhelmed and bewildered you, spend time fasting and say, this year, Lord, this thing, this, this kind that I have in my life, every, every first whatever, or if it's your birthday day of the, of the month, this every day, if it's the 17th, I'm going to fast. For this particular problem, I promise you, you're going to be one of those that will give a testimony before the end of this year, amen? And lastly, for deliverance and healing. Isaiah 58, that's the scripture, that's the, the chapter for fasting. It says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Look at what the things a fast will do for you. A fast will loosen the bonds of wickedness in your life. A fast will undo all the heavy burdens in your life. If you are oppressed, a fast will let you go free. If there's a yoke or a spiritual, like a cycle going on that are just every year in October, this happens. Every year in March, this same thing happens. The Bible says that yoke will be broken. Just by what's fasting. And then it says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. You want healing in your body? Fast. It says it clearly here. He says, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guide. Fasting and praying puts a righteousness. You're already righteous before God, but the glory of your righteousness begins to show. Like I said, we are God's inheritance, and God is our inheritance. There are things God has willed to us, but that glory of that righteousness that has been willed to us will show when you decrease in the flesh, and let your spirit man rise. Amen? Rise to your feet with me this morning. Let's all stand on our feet. And I'm believing God that you all are making a commitment because I've proven, using scriptures, I believe I've proven to you that we must be Christians who live a fasted life. And I want to believe that if you've not joined, today's the sixth day 
join us and see what God does for us as a family. Tonight, 6 p.m., tomorrow till the end of the fast, the telephone number is in front of the, of the, of the fasting guide on the first page. You can call in. You can do Zoom. Everything is right there. Pick up a copy on your way home. Call in tonight. Let's pray together. Amen. Raise your hands as we worship the Lord and thank Him for His word that He brought this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we have heard you as a church and as individuals. And Father, we are all making a commitment that in 2024, two things, Lord, you will help us with. Father, help us, all of us, to develop a stronger prayer life with you, God. Father, help us to, to strengthen our prayer altar and to strengthen our relationship with you in prayer, God. And secondly, God, show each and everyone here the kind of fast you want them to be on a regular basis throughout this year. There are some of us that need victory over our enemies. There are some of us that need deliverance and healing, oh God. There are some of us that need direction from you, that need clarity in all some decisions and in every area of our life, Lord. We always need to hear your voice. Father, help us this year. We present ourselves to you, God. And we say, help us as a church. Help every man, God. Help every woman, God. Help every boy and help every girl. Help us to separate ourselves in 2024 to you in prayer and in fasting. And Lord God, we know that all the benefits we talked about here this morning will be ours as we wait on you and as we pray. We give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for speaking with us. Oh, we give you praise, God. If you are here and you want to have someone to agree with you, if you have that, that kind that I talked about, this kind, I want our prayer partners to please come out, our pastors, please come out. If you want someone to agree with you, please come out and let us agree with you. There is power in agreement. And as you go in the fast and you're saying, God, this particular thing, I want you to take care of it. I want you to just come out. Let us pray with you. Let's agree with you. And for the rest of you, I bless you with the blessings of the Lord. I ask, oh God, that your favor will go with your children. They are blessed going out and they are blessed coming in. Father God, everything they put their hands to do prospers. Father God, you will increase them on every side. This week, oh God, peace will be their portion. Joy overflowing will be their portion. No weapons fashioned against them this week will prosper. They go out in peace and they come back in peace to the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said, Amen.